chance. Yenmark down the middle, scores! Matias Yenmark, short-handed goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lvsportsnetwork.com. Puck comes out high, Watt gets the puck, off to the races, into the zone, the righty, right circle, backhander, he scores! What a move! Nicholas Watt gets the Knights back in the lead! is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... What's what's wrong with Wallace today? He doesn't sound very excited. He sounds like he just what are you talking about? like blah for a Friday. Where's the energy, Wallace? We're taking people home. We're in the middle of the conference finals. Let's go. Let's fire it up. I'm, you were, about, I'm about as excited as the Edmonton Oilers were at scoring goals yesterday. Okay, I want to get into that. That that, that grinds my gears because like, I am talking about. A, I'm 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 pissed. I'm pissed off at the Edmonton Oilers. What do you want from me? I have a big question to ask of the Olympian, Darren Elliott, who's going to join us yeah. in just a little bit. Part of the VGK broadcast team. He is also on the radio on twelve thirty the game, calling the Western Conference Final with John Allers. And Darren Elliott was at games one and two, and as he arrives at the Denver airport to fly to Edmonton tonight, he, he just wanted to hang around uh, Denver for a full day before traveling. Uh, he, he's had a lot of time to think about this series, and number one on my list when Elliott joins us is why, after you advance to the third round, for the first time in the Connor McDavid era, you have the top two point producers in the playoffs in Dreisaitl and McDavid, who have played yeah. together throughout the first two rounds, and you're coming off a six goal game offensively, even though you lost, but you scored six goals. Would the coach decide to break up that line? I am confused about that. I understand some of the logic. But I don't understand why you'd mess with a good thing. And what is circling through this very vast brain of mine, or mm-hmm. area where the brain's supposed to be, uh, is did Edmonton outsmart themselves in that 4 nothing loss against the Colorado Avalanche last night? Because scored the same number of goals as game number one, the series is tied oversimplified but yes yes you're correct uh i mean regardless of the decision that went into splitting up Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl in the game uh, i don't understand waiting until the third period to reunite the pair when you are down three goals going into the third like i, I as soon as the colorado avalanche broke away there in the second period i would have been double shifting mcdavid and dreisaitl with evander kane trying to get back in the game too late. Too late, buddy. Start with it. No, it it's, a, it's a good no, thing. Go with it. Keep it, get, get the it, lead with it. It wouldn't have been too late at 2 nothing, 3 nothing. But like to the to wait until the third period, I don't I don't understand that. I think this was a moment where Jay Woodcroft kind of overthought the situation. He outsmarted himself. 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree with that. I, I, I don't know why you go away from that combination. I mean, logically, you're trying to spread the wealth around because you, you, you scored six goals and that wasn't enough to win a playoff game. But the fact of the matter is, you scored nothing. You had nothing. No. You really, they really irritated me, Darren. Because the only I picked time the you make in this series and they get shut out in game number two. The Ridiculous. only reason you make change from game one to two is to be better defensively. But that's not the logic behind splitting up Drysaddle McDavid is to spread out the more responsible defensive players. So I'm, I'm sure. going to fire this one at, uh, at Darren Elliott uh, when he pops on uh, in, in a little bit. I also have some coaching news to tell you about, and there's a, a great piece uh, in The Athletic today, and it raised a couple of uh, names that I haven't thought of regarding all these vacancies that are open. One's been on the periphery, but I didn't give it a, a, a lot of thought. And then there's another name, uh, a former National Hockey League head coach, had a couple of spots, who I thought was done, finished, not coming back. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know whether this is one of those ones where, because we all have, I'm going to be honest, the way some of these lists work, okay? Can I let you in on a secret mm -hmm. here? And this happens in, yeah. in baseball. This happens in football. But I'm firsthand experienced in it. In hockey, some of these names are, they're whispered in your ear, and they say, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you drop my name? Can you can you mention my name? Because I've had it happen to me, and I know it's happened because there is one certain former broadcaster who was up for every general manager's job for about a six-year period because he was getting his name put out there. Now, he, he never actually got the, the, the manager's job, but uh, we did refer to him as the finalist uh, for, for a long time. So I know this happens. And, and this name that was listed in the, uh, among the uh, candidates for a potential head coaching job among the vacancies right now, it came out of left field. So when we get there in the next two hours of the VGK Insider Show, I want to know from the fanboy in... Chris Chapman, I want to know from you, the co-host of the VGK Insider Show, Ryan Wallace, whether this was plant or this is legit. Uh, and I'll bring you that name in okay. just a little bit. Uh, we're also going to look at the uh, the top goaltending candidates uh, available this summer. And uh, we know that uh, that Robin Leonard's coming off of uh, shoulder surgery. And Laurent Bressois had a procedure done. Uh, it's being reported on his hip. Uh, Logan Thompson had uh, a marvelous breakout campaign in of, uh, of those two veterans. Uh, so there's a lot going on in and around the Vegas Golden Knights uh, goaltending uh, uh, corridors. And uh, it, like they need a, their own wing right now uh, in the dressing room. But uh, but so there's there's three goaltenders. That's too many. Uh, what do you think the Golden Knights should do? Will they do? And then other candidates in the goaltending front. So there's there, there's a lot happening uh, in around this. And I got a cool story for you uh, when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets. Do uh, you remember their uh, media day? Their hey, uh, mm. pack up the garbage bags and take your equipment home for the uh, for the summer. Do you remember what happened there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was yeah. Mark Shifley. And, uh, yes. and he got everybody going regarding he wanted to know where the team was headed. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Now, the, the the smart ass in me says they're not going anywhere. They're not going to be relocated. But uh, but uh, as far <laughs> okay. as uh, strategy, right. where they're going, uh, he wanted to know where they're going. And and, and there is. Um, a, a couple of people who latched onto that and read into it and said he wants a trade. He's not happy. He is upset with uh, with the status of, of the hockey team. Uh, got an update uh, on that front uh, as we oh. get into uh, game two of the Eastern Conference Final. Tampa Bay Lightning trailing. Is 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 this the time where the Tampa Bay Lightning? finally lose two games in a row for the first time in two and a half playoff years against uh, the the most unlikeliest of opponent compared to the mm-hmm. first two rounds, uh, that being the, the New York Rangers. Part of me wants to say yes. However, I don't know that I believe that streak is coming to an end right now. Like, I just can't imagine that that streak comes to an end in game number two of a series. They've been so good dropping game one in a series that I just I don't expect that to be the case. I'd like to see it happen just to see what the what the lightning do, how they bounce back, how they come back from finally dropping two in a row. But to me, the day they lose two games in a row, that's when they lose a series. I I don't think that it did. I don't think it's wasted in in a game Whoa. two. I think it's a back to back loss to close out the Tampa Bay Lightning in a series. Wow! So you know you have to lose four in a mm-hmm. series, but you're saying two is is the critical number for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm puzzled by that. I, see, I'm I'm not I'm not even saying that 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 this is going to be the series that it happens. What I'm saying is. For Tampa to lose a series, I th- I think that you're going to have to beat them in back-to-back games. Mm. I-, I just do. I-, I think you have to close it out in back-to-back games. I-, I think that you're going to have to find a way to defeat this team two games in a row. And if you can't, you're not winning a series. You're mm. just not. Does Tampa have to change anything tonight or play the same game, be a little sharper? Because they were coming off uh, the sweep and they had uh, the the longest layoff of the Stanley Cup playoffs to, to date for any team, and John Cooper was very upfront that uh, that they were mm-hmm. they were going to have to work through and grind their way through that game before they they hit their rhythm. Uh, by the end of it, uh, they they were going pretty good, but uh, ran into a top goaltender. I, I like we saw the tweaks, the adjustments uh, in the other series. Do you think you'll see that in in the Eastern Conference Final? I I don't know that there's really much you're going to want to change from from Tampa's game like obviously uh, you you want to give up less transition opportunities you don't want to be caught on two on ones you don't want to give the Rangers too many options where they've got odd man rushes going back the other way because as as we saw in game number one you give that team enough looks they're going to convert and I think Andre Vasilevsky is going to be better not that I would pin game number one on Vasilevsky, I think that was more to do with the Tampa Bay Lightning's inability to beat Igor Shesterkin, inability to capitalize on their chances. So I think all you're looking for from Tampa is to kind of execute better offensively and cut down on some of the chances that the Rangers had on the defensive end. Part of me thinks that you just don't expect the Rangers to capitalize on five uh, grade-A chances of the eight that they had. Uh, sure. That That's just... That's an incredible percentage uh, mm-hmm. of making sure that uh, that you put the puck in the net, and it's usually 
not like two twenty percent would be like we we're going to run to the bank and we're going to make uh, a big deposit and and be safe. That, there's the side to me that says they'll never do that again. The Rangers. So if, given that, uh, we won't play as as safe. We won't play. We won't change a lot. The other part is maybe maybe you do play it a little bit safer. I mean, if there's an adjustment to be made, I think it it's certainly you know as as you mentioned, being a little bit more sure-handed in what you're doing, uh, maybe at the the offensive blue line, so that you do not give up odd man rushes going back the other way. But you know, it, converting on five of eight high danger chances for the Rangers, that's about as good as a scenario as you could possibly ask for in game number one. But kind of going back to my point. I don't expect Andre Vasilevsky to give up that much anymore. Like, I think that it was a rusty game for Vasilevsky. Again, not the issue, not the problem, but I do think that there's a level he's going to get to that's even better because we've seen it over the course of his career, his ability to bounce back after a tough game. There was four um, and a half great goals. He wasn't rusty. I I mean, I disagree with that. It, like, Andre Vasilevsky doesn't give up six goals there. No, no, he, he doesn't, doesn't, but those are great goals. They are great goals, but the fact of the matter is Andre Vasilevsky makes three of those saves ordinarily. Like, great goals, yes, but you have Vasilevsky to save two or three of those situations, right? Like, you come to expect as his baseline that he's going to make two or three saves he absolutely shouldn't make. He's going to be able to stop two or three of those grade-A scoring chances and give your team a chance to win 3-2 or 4-3. I don't want to start a fight here, but I think you're way off the mark with blaming Vasilevsky. I'm not blaming Vasilevsky. What I'm saying is he is so elite. He is so elite that nine times out of ten, you give him those same pucks, he's making two or three more saves than he did in game one. Hmm. Uh, that that's uh, That's overly... Uh, how do you? I know it's overly it? simplistic. I yeah. know I'm not giving him enough credit. I know I get it. I do. But you're the actually fact giving him too much is, credit. By, I'm giving by, him by too that. much credit by, by saying I'm he's so Vasile- good that he can they can stop anything. That's that's he sound kind of what you did. Saying. He yeah. did in four games against the Florida Panthers. He stopped everything, everything. I just think they if they. If they're able to say to... that he to, to say that there was no change or no rust in his game between game one and the four that he played against the Panthers is ridiculous. Yeah, I, 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 I then I'm ridiculous because uh, because those were not rusty goals by by any stretch of the imagination. Those were top shelf one timers and beautiful setup goals and transition uh, goals, and that's that's not. Anything that you can put on him, maybe maybe you you, you a few allow fewer of those, and the rust can be put on uh, team defense and and locking it up uh, in transition. But certainly not the goaltender. The, the Rangers have to feel good about themselves, though. They, I, I'm not sure how many people really expect them to be in this spot, uh, and and that is, uh, like, I would have said the Edmonton Oilers had a better chance of leaving Colorado with a win than the New York Rangers uh, with victory, the way the Tampa Bay Lightning are going. So uh, I, I like what the, what, the, what the Rangers have done. You, you want to take both games at home, but it felt like a split for the Rangers in the first two games would be a confidence booster. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the Rangers are maybe a little bit better than you're giving them credit for. I, I don't know that they're going to ultimately win this series, even though I, I went that direction. Um, I just think that when it comes to the Rangers, they've been beating teams all playoff long when you didn't think that they were going to come through. No one expected them to beat the Penguins three games in a row facing elimination. No one really mm. expected them to win game six and then go on the road and finally beat Carolina at home. Uh, they've found ways to win games when I think a lot of people have counted them out. So it's not terribly surprising to me that they won the game. They should have won, and that was game one in the series. Well, a lot of people are counting out the Edmonton Oilers after losing a pair, but the Rangers did the exact same thing in the uh, second round and came back and eventually won the series. So uh, Oilers fans are clutching that, and the man that's uh, calling the broadcast on 1230 of the game is Darren Elliott, the Olympian, who joins us uh, from the VGK broadcast team all the way to the Western Conference Final uh, on the radio. You're back to your roots, and you're at the Denver airport ready to go to Edmonton. Uh, <laughs> Are you at a phone bank or, or where where are you? I didn't know phone banks existed, but you know, existed anymore. No, I, uh, I I'm in the Denver airport. I'm uh, got my spot. I'm with uh, Johnny Allers and our engineer uh, Brian Neal will be uh, joining me shortly, and we've got a spot to watch the game that you're talking about. And by the way, I had uh, my pick for the final was Rangers Colorado. Really? So well, I'm a, a, a big, our, our, big, our beginning of our remember when we did the pool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, right, right at the very beginning. I, I'm second place right now in that, except I have Calgary against Tampa. So yeah, if, if, if it ends up being Colorado and the Rangers, <laughs> I'm done. I win. <laughs> Again. It's, it's, it's the same old. L.A. beats Millard, and, uh, and then we turn the page and we, 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 we start again. Hey, uh, the question I had for uh, people around the Avalanche and the Oilers is, why would Jay Woodcroft split up his two-star players after they get to the third round for the first time in whatever, forever, since 2006, and coming off a six-goal offensive game? If, if you're going to make a change, you want to do it to solid, uh, solidify things defensively. No, like, I just don't – I think he out, outsmarted himself, Elliot. Uh, tell me why yeah. I'm wrong. Well, I, I – you can see why he did it. He the focus of the opposing bench. It didn't really work um, because the focus of the, you know, the Colorado Avalanche was impeccable. They they showed that they've learned, you know, the, the bitter pills of of not making it to the conference final, losing the second round four straight years. They know how to, to lock it down if they have to. You know, they're, they're never going to be uh, considered a, a defensive juggernaut, but they they shouldn't be because they're an offensive juggernaut. Right, but they. They showed such good discipline last night when they scored all those goals in two minutes, a little over two minutes. Um, it was pretty much game over. But getting back to your original point, you have to remember they started the playoffs with those two guys not playing on the same line. That was a change they made in the third period of game five of the first round um, against the L.A. Kings, and it, and it kind of propelled them to victory. So it's one of those things, right? When you have a dynamic duel like that, you can take them apart and pull them back together based on game situations, but... Um, whatever the whatever Jay Woodcroft ultimately wanted to have happen, didn't happen. So he, he split them up uh, because they were he, he wanted to diversify his offense, mm -hmm. and then he they put them together because Drysaddle was hobbled. And you were doing that series uh, yeah. against the Los Angeles Kings, and that's why he he thought it was too much to put on Drysaddle because he was battling the injury. Does right. last night mean that Drysaddle's somewhat healthy? Well, I mean. 
if you look at the, that was maybe the the weakest game those two have played in the playoffs since game four of round one, where they were non-existent against the Kings in L.A. Um, so I'm, maybe, you know, because he hadn't been taking face-offs because of his injury and, and those kinds of things, and they were limiting his skating by keeping him right in the middle of the ice. Um, so, so maybe he's a little bit healthier, but again, it didn't, you know, they didn't get the shift over shift. You're looking for that kind of continuous shift over shift momentum, and I think that's what Jay Woodcroft was hoping to get by having those two guys on different lines, and really it just kind of derailed two lines. From Denver International Airport, it's uh, Darren Elliott uh, who joins us, part of the VGK broadcast team. He's doing the radio call of the Western Conference Final on 1230 The Game here in Vegas. Uh, joining us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, Ryan. You know, Darren, I, you look at the first two games for the Colorado Avalanche, and Kale McCarr is, is obviously one of the guys that stands out, and it, the offense for sure, but you know, defensively early on in game number two, his ability to skate with Connor McDavid and, and yes. calm, cool, collected, make a play. Like, are we maybe getting a glimpse of, of how good Kale McCarr is, not just offensively, but also defensively so far in this series? Everyone that watched that game will always remember that play. It's yeah. Connor McDavid. He didn't have to break stride, McCarr, that is, skating backwards. Calmly turned, pivot, stick on puck. Oh, and by the way, he collects the puck in the corner and started the puck the other way. He might be the best player in the National Hockey League. I'm going to, I'm going to go out and let me say that. And for the reasons you're talking about, uh, Ryan, is his, his offensive skill and his ability to walk the, the blue line and rush the puck. But defensively, he blocks shots. He, he plays 26 minutes a night. At least he does in the playoffs. Um, I, he is he's truly a special player. And to have him and McDavid and McKinnon and Dryden all in the same series, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's magical, to be honest with you, to be part of it. Uh, feel real, real fortunate. Well, I, I think Connor's the best player in the world, but the SportLogic uh, analytics in the first two games of this have said that, uh, that Kale McCarr is owning Connor McDavid. It's like uh, defensively and offensively. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he, he, the things he does and the way he skates. And don't forget, I've got recency bias because yeah. I saw the game in, in L.A. where, where or, uh, in the first round against Nashville when he had 20 shot attempts yeah. in a game. 20 that, shot attempts. That's and illegal. Then, that, that's hogging the puck, Darren. <laughs> I, you know, so I, I, I've seen a lot of him and a lot of brilliant play recently from Kale McCarr. Uh, the uh, Oilers are down 2 nothing. But yeah. they allowed those three goals last night in two minutes, uh, as you mentioned, and that blew the game wide open. Was it a closer game than the score indicated? Uh, not really. Um, okay. I, I think, you know, you'd like to see your goaltender make a save, uh, especially on the Manson slap shot. Uh, you don't want to turn, and then they made a great play after that, after the timeout that said they would have called it. Didn't really have the desired effect. Um, you'd like to get out of that situation one nothing, two nothing at, at the worst. It's three nothing going into the third that, that made it tough. Um, and I, you don't want to. You know how I feel about Mike Smith. I'm in awe that he's 40 years old and still competing and playing at such a high level. And every time I watch him play, he he's like as sloppy as it gets. Yeah, it looks like he's never ready. Yeah. It, like, it, it's unbelievable. Both hands um, end up on the ice. It's like, oh it's my a... god, the glove falls off. He's, yeah. He's trying to pass it up to the middle of the aerial. I mean, it's, it's uh, certainly, he's not very tidy very often. Let's put it that way. 
He was you, in the first period. I have to give him credit. But after that, it was uh, a little bit of him and uh, and a whole lot of the abs being disciplined, um, having that real singular focus of you against a team that has proven that they can, you know, put big goals up, big goal totals up in a short period of time. A couple of minutes with uh, Darren Elliott, uh, the VGK broadcaster, is working the Western Conference Final on 1230, the game here in Las Vegas. The Oilers down two games to none against the Colorado Avalanche, Ryan. Yeah, you, you know, goaltending is an interesting one when when it comes to, to Mike Smith and the Edmonton Oilers. Like, going into game three, would, would you, if you were Jay Woodcroft, make a change and give Miko Koskinen a start, or do you think that you're kind of at a point where you got to ride with Mike Smith? I, I think it's Mike Smith um, just because Miko Koskinen is not a great option. You know, it's not like he's a, a young, unproven upstart that had a tremendous season in the American Hockey League and, you just like you know what we're going to change it up. Um, you still could because he did play very well in relief in Game One, but I don't think you, I don't think the net return is, is really that. And let's be honest, I mean it's going to be absolutely electric in that building to start that game. Um, they, they could easily be up three nothing twelve minutes in. I mean, yeah. I, I, that's, don't forget the other guys at the other end uh, have a backup goalie playing. So. Um, you know, with, with the excitement, the enthusiasm, and the energy that's going to be brought to, to the lineup, um, just because of that home, uh, we could see you know one of those situations where you, you don't survive. Uh, Koskinen is a hot button topic uh, throughout his time in Edmonton. If it was on the road, if they were going to Denver to play. I would look at uh, starting Koskinen because it's at home, and the fan base is waiting to jump on him. If anything goes right. bad. I would stay with Mike Smith just to avoid that uh, that whole aura around it. Uh, we've got uh, Darren Elliott with us. I have a question that doesn't involve hockey. Uh, I love going to airports and airport yeah. bars and sitting up there and watching the TVs and the sports and everything and, uh, and having my pop. Uh, I don't like it. Like bar- Airport bartenders are really friendly because they know they're getting tips out the wazoo. And, sure. uh, and do, do you like it when the bartender uh, – chats with you or do you just want to sit there and watch your golf uh yeah i i i can i can handle a little bit of conversation i, I guess you're just not that personable proof that you spent a lot of time with me <laughs> um but but we've uh we got a good setup the guy set us up at the table right in front of the big screen and uh so we don't have to really uh deal with that uh conundrum of to talk or not talk to the party. Yeah, boy. The man of the people. The Olympian, Darren <laughs> Elliott. Uh, uh, thanks for doing this. Have a great flight. If, if People are wondering, why are you leaving now? Uh, so late uh, Yeah, it's so late. Well, it, it was the only direct flight, and I can't believe there's one. There's a direct flight from Denver to Edmonton, but it doesn't leave until 8.55. But so was, to me, that was, that was worth spending the extra time in Denver. Are, is, is all the media on this flight? No, that's the thing. Everybody, you know how it is. Everyone tries to find the earliest flights, the quickest flights. Yeah. Well, they had to. They, what they ended up having to do was go through Vancouver to get to Calgary to take the shuttle to Edmonton. So, I think we're so far so good, but we don't want to jinx it. Look at that, like Elliot's like the the cool guy, just sitting back going, "I'll ride it out. <laughs> I'll take the direct flight. I know I've got to figure it out." Uh, De, you are the best. Uh, thanks for doing oh. this, buddy. Thanks, boys. Say hi to Johnny Allers for us. I sure will.
Thanks, pal. Uh, Darren Elliott, uh, part of the VGK broadcast team, and that is cool. You saw uh, Shane Knighty uh, working the first two rounds on TNT. Dave Gosher was part of those broadcasts. Ashley Weiss, and now Darren Elliott, uh, part of TNT, and now the radio call on 1230, the game of the Western Conference Final. Do you think there's any serious thought going into making a goalie change for the Edmonton Oilers? Um, I didn't think there'd be any thought into breaking up Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and that happened. So mm-hmm. um, I, I'm not really putting anything off the table right now when it comes to Jay Woodcroft and his uh, lineup uh, decisions. So I, I think that there's consideration there for sure. There's a school of uh, thinking that coaching – doesn't matter as much as we think once you get into the game preparation wise it can make a huge difference but once you get into the game like whether it's uh it's baseball or or any of the sports that that we uh overestimate its uh direction and influence on the game from what you watched in the tampa series against florida and you had a first-time coach, uh, a head coach, in Andrew Burnett uh, running that team. He never ran a bench before until this year, and that was his first playoffs. And now in this set with Jared Bednar against uh, Jay Woodcroft, uh, do you think that uh, that there's been uh, one coach that's outcoached the other? Um, I, I mean, again, I think that the decision going into – game number two for to, to split up Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Like, I I don't know that that's anything Jared Bednar did to Jay Woodcroft. I just think that that was a bad decision from, from Jay Woodcroft going into that game. I, I think those two... But it was so the rookie coach together. making the mistake. Sure. I think, yeah, but I, I don't think it's the result of being outcoached by Jared Bednar. I just think it's a simple kind of overthinking the, the situation. And, you know, I would imagine, and, and you know, I, I don't know, but I would imagine that McDavid and Dreisaitl will be together come game three, mm-hmm. or at least I would expect the game to start that way because you need to find your offensive game early and often in game three. You just I, do. I'm thinking more like rookie mistake by, by Woodcroft, uh, same mm-hmm. as uh, as the Florida Panthers weren't able to counter anything that the Tampa Bay Lightning did in being swept in the second round. Yeah, it, rookie mistake for sure. And and again, I, I think that you, you have to go through those things to learn and, and understand those situations. Like for Jay Woodcroft, he's been really successful with this Oilers team going back to the regular season. His record is fantastic. He's got this team in the third round. But I think you just have to let things break a little bit before you start to overthink the what the equation is. Like, you ride McDavid and Dreisaitl until it's apparent that doesn't work, and then you start looking for other things. So I would imagine he'll go back to it, but we'll see for Game 3. I don't think the Oilers are in a bad, terrible, like desperate spot at all. Uh, they lost the first two games. Uh, they scored six goals in the first game, and then uh, yesterday they allowed three goals in two minutes, and that was the game. It was two-minute stretch uh, that, that that cost them the game. So, uh, like the grand scheme of things, big picture, I think they're okay that they're they're sticking with the with the Colorado Avalanche, and they should feel uh, optimistic about this. 
They got obviously win game three. You, you don't go down three nothing against Nate McKinnon. But uh, given what we just saw in the East between Carolina and the New York Rangers, uh, I, I think uh, uh, Edmonton should feel better about themselves going to uh, to Rogers than than arguably the Rangers did when they left Raleigh. Um. Yeah, I think the Rangers will. Uh, I mean, I think the Oilers will be fine. I, yeah. I, I would be, I would be shocked if they don't win Game Three. Now, Game Four—that's kind of the bigger question that I have. I think the Oilers back home, in in their environment with their fans, especially coming off of a game where you don't have any points from Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, I would really consider that to be. Uh, a heavily skewed Edmonton Oilers blow the roof off the the building type of game. But from there, that's where the questions start to arise for me. But your your point's well taken in that I have more faith in the Oilers than I think anybody had in the Rangers for sure coming back after losing the first two games to the Carolina Hurricanes. Chapman? Yes? Can you clip that uh, but edit it where just the, the part where he said your point is well taken? And then can you put in my name somewhere in there? And then we can save that uh, for a drop sometime down the line. Thanks. I'll here. I'll simplify it. Three, two, one, go. Darren, your point is well taken. You're the greatest ever. Yes. Hey, it's finally it? happened. Love it. Uh, as, as, uh, as much as I think I shouldn't go here, uh, I'm going to revisit the Jordan Bennington throwing the water bottle at Nazem Kadri, but it it has to do with something totally uh, elsewhere in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I'm going to compare the two. That's coming up in the BGK Insider Show. Plus, the Arizona Coyotes may be closer to a permanent home, and it's not uh, Arizona State University, but they're still going to have to play there for a while. Uh how much does relocation really sit on the table with the Arizona Coyotes? Deal with that. Uh, plus an update uh, on a really cool program that the Vegas Golden Knights are, are going to launch next week. We'll bring you up to date on that as uh, we get everybody active over the course of the summer, even through the heat, and still thinking about hockey. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman. Are you an aisle seat person or a window seat person? That's a conversation every sports talk radio show has had. We're finally going to get there today. Send us your uh, your comments on on Twitter, uh, Ryan the Hockey Guy or seven zero two Magnum seven zero two on Twitter. Uh, let us know aisle or window because nobody is a middle seat person. That I guarantee. And then there's those planes where there's two. Two seats uh, off the uh, off the aisle, where you're stuck in there. That's uh, that's even worse. Uh, I was sitting at my desk today, guys, and uh, ding, I uh, got the email, and uh, and sometimes I, I try not to react, but uh, I looked down, and it had to do with uh, the Golden Knights. Now, even though there's no playoffs this year, the Golden Knights uh, are are still going to put on some youth hockey clinics uh, in Las Vegas over the next couple of weeks, and it's awesome. Uh, and Chance is going to be there. Uh, the cast is going to be stopping by, and there's, uh, I think, five of them. 
uh, starting on Monday, and they're going to they, the a bunch of the schools have uh, have camps going on right now, and uh, and the the, the clinics are going to just pop in and uh, put a stick in uh, the kids' hands and then teach them a little bit about the game and and get everybody excited about uh, about next season. So that that's pretty cool. Uh, it'll it'll be uh, over at uh, at Kitty Ward Elementary School, and that's going to start it off on Monday. Brought to you by our Razor Canes and uh, and Green Valley Grocery. Yeah, it's really awesome. Like at any time you get into the community, anytime you can kind of introduce kids, perhaps if, if it's their first opportunity, your first chance to to get a stick in their hands or, or try to just kind of understand hockey at a, at a little bit uh, in a more hands-on approach, I think is great. So um, I remember these types of events prior to the Golden Knights existing, right? Like I remember these types of events in, in the lead up to the Golden Knights inaugural season. And it was just really cool to see kids gravitate toward the game and to be out and in, in learning the basics and fundamentals of hockey. It was awesome. And one of the great things about it is learning how to take a slap shot, but nobody takes a slap shot anymore. You see very, very, very seldom that, that a player comes down the wing and lets loose a, a big clapper. That, that's where like well, a rite of passage. Yeah, I mean, unless you're Corey Perry on a breakaway. That, I don't mind that. But when was the last time that happened? Probably against the Golden Knights. Yeah, uh, I, I think so too. Uh, but it's uh, it's changed so much. Part of the game uh, has changed. And uh, you, you saw it uh, in the defense uh, of Connor McDavid yesterday by Kale McCarr. One, Kale McCarr could keep up with him, and it used to be that you had the big lumbering defenseman. Uh, McCarr probably in a previous generation would have been converted to forward. I, I say that quite honestly, but uh, the the coaches and the uh, the skill development uh, had had open eyes and uh, and and a really uh, a good outlook on being uh, able to let things go. And and Makar was uh, was fabulous in that little poke check uh, of McDavid that Darren Elliott uh, talked about earlier. What do you think, though? Like Elliott said, Makar looked calm. He looked cool as he pivoted and then mm-hmm. poke checked the puck away from Connor McDavid. Inside, what do you think if McCarr's regular heart rate on a play like that is 130, what do you think his heart rate was trying to defend Connor McDavid early on in the Western Conference Final? Uh, it's funny that you think his heart rate would be 130 in that situation. Well, I'm just I'm using. I, I, don't, I, I just want to throw one. I don't up. think he gets above. I don't think he gets above like 105. Like really he's that cool. Yeah, oh, but yeah. he's skating. Yeah, but the way he's still skating uh, full he's, tilt. Yeah, I I I don't think that he I, like. I don't think he's human. I think he's an engine. I, hmm. I just I just think he's he's an absolute engine. So uh, that being said, if if your baseline for him in that moment defending anybody else is 130. Uh, I don't think it matters that it's Connor McDavid. Really? I don't. And, and yeah, I don't. I don't. Because Kale McCarr's that good. Like, I agree in, in a sense with what Darren was saying earlier on in that Kale McCarr might be the best player in the game right now because of everything that he does, not just the offense, but also the defense. I don't think it matters at all to him who's coming along the wing, who's trying to challenge him one-on-one. I think that he's got the confidence and his ability that he is better than everybody else, that it, it, it doesn't matter. It could be Connor McDavid. It could be Leon Dreisaitl. It could be 
Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I don't think there's much much difference for Kale McCarr. He's just that good. I think you're giving him way too much credit. I think inside uh, I think the heart was going pitter patter. No, Chapman. Chapman on the other hand. Let's let's go Chapman. What do you think his heart rate is when he picks up the phone? <laughs> if his if if his regular heart rate is 120, what do you think his heart rate is if when he picks up the phone and says, uh, "Fox Sports Las Vegas"? Yeah, I don't think that there's much change there either. You suck Chapman's up. a pretty even keel guy. Yeah, my heart rate and and 120 is that 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 seems high, doesn't it? It does seem high. Yeah, Fair but I've high. also listened to you uh, some of the stuff that you do, and and I'm worried about you uh, a little bit. It does. It does sound high. When do you, have you started skating? Uh, talking about these clinics that the Vegas Golden Knights are, are going to do at uh, at various schools over the next uh, couple of weeks, uh, as uh, they offer these at uh, the day camps. Have you booked your skating lessons yet? No, or I'm trying learn I'm, to play hockey. I'm still trying to find a pair of, of used skates. So um, when I when I find Inside a pair of skates, uh, like ten and a half, eleven. Hold I'll on, hold on. Garage. You're trying to find. Have where have you looked? Online, like. What what are what are the the some of the uh, the the online shopping sites like Facebook uh, shopping and there's another one that I that I've used I can't remember the name of it. Okay, it's not that hard to find your size. No, it shouldn't be, but it's been it's been hard. Like some guys are offering like brand new skates. Like I don't want to pay two hundred dollars for a pair of skates. What's your budget? Not two hundred dollars. I mean, I'm the, I'm I'm a little negotiable, but I mean, not that much. That's that's like uh, two hundred dollars for a brand new pair of skates is great. Well, I mean, we'll bake them. We'll put them in the oven for you. We'll mold them around your feet. We'll we'll get you going. <laughs> so, is that the only thing you need? If I need, yeah, if I had a pair of skates, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna head out to to City National and and try to do some open skate and maybe try to learn to to skate. I, I'd like to learn how to skate backwards. Like that would be. Let's cool. let's worry about eyes up going. The right way first. I, I do go the right. Listen, I every time I skate, I very rarely fall. Like the last time I went, I didn't Chapman. fall at all. Chapman. Yes. Like you just need to throw some gear on. Yeah. And go and fall down a couple of times, and then you won't be afraid of anything. You know what I want you to do, Chapman? Uh, and and we got a break here, but uh, uh, I don't know why I'm telling you that we got a break because it's usually you telling me that we got a break. Yes. But uh, but uh, I want you to put on the gear. But I don't want you to wear a jersey, and I don't want you to wear socks. Okay, so you've got the shin pads on, you got the elbow pads, you got the shoulder pads on, uh, and the and the hockey pants. But you don't have the socks, and you don't have the jersey. And why I want you to do that is because if you do fall, you'll actually pick up speed, and you go flying with the plastic on the ice, and you'll have the greatest time of your life. <laughs> I'm it'll afraid be, I'll crash into the boards. Well, you will, but it'll be fun, man. Like you, you get a little speed, and then you you you, you fall down intentionally on, onto those shin pads, and phew, you're gone. <laughs> You'll end up in Reno. Well, I, don't, I don't want to go in Reno. Definitely don't want to end up in Reno. <laughs> well, we're going to take a break. We'll come back with the uh, play of the day, which uh, may be a multiple goal play of the day because it happened so fast uh, against the uh, Edmonton Oilers last night by the Colorado Avalanche. And then we have that update on the Arizona Coyotes. Relocation? I don't want to start things, but I do like messing things up a little bit. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. No chance to shoot for Stevenson centered. Michael scores! It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Hockey's a 60-minute game unless you do this. 
to the Edmonton Oilers and the Colorado Avalanche served up a flurry of offense in the second period last night. Four minutes gone, second period. by the Colorado Avalanche. Now, you guys are very aware, and so are the listeners, that I like to uh, I like to pick and prod and poke and, and get people fired up, and it's sort of a, a, a hobby of mine. Well, when I watch a game, uh, I have this, uh, what is a very irritating habit uh, for my wife, is I rewind and I watch the goal again, and I like to see where the play developed or uh, the, the goaltender, how he did it, uh, played it. And I, I, I'm irritating to watch a game with if I've got the remote control. Well, last night I got to bust on my wife and make her uh, a little bit uh, sour with me in a fun way uh, because she thought that's what I was doing. Uh, in the in the Oilers Avalanche game, and I didn't even have the remote control. But she thought I was rewinding things, and the the goals kept because it, Kenny Albert goal goal goal. I wasn't even touching it. That's how fast the uh, the offense was coming by the Avalanche. Yeah, it just gives you an idea of what it's like to be married to you. Exactly. Like anything, anything happens rapid fire. You just get uh, you get blamed because you do it so often. So yeah. I I I think that that's a glimpse into um, <laughs> what uh, what what. She, she's got to deal with on a daily basis but uh you know it, listen it was fast and furious it was um an absolute onslaught and there was no saving the edmonton oilers in that situation colorado they smelt blood they went for it and they put that game away in the second period i remind you on my honeymoon in the beautiful city of paris france uh my wife mm-hmm. looked at me at one point and said can you stop being you for just half an hour and then you can go back to it but just for half an hour, give me a break and not be you. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Coming up, hour number two, we'll get into game two between the Rangers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I've got uh, a little bit to talk about uh, when it comes to coaching vacancies in the National Hockey League. And one out of left field name has resurfaced. And you want to talk about being petty and fun and goofy like Jordan Bennington against Nazem Kadri. I've got a part two it doesn't involve those two players, but a part two on that front to tell you about. And uh, and the National Hockey League is not happy about it. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stay with us.